This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Facebook allows you to reach, you know, people from all over the world, um, and so does Twitter. And Twitter, I see, is kind of like people use it as a, a emergency managers use it a lot to communicate with, you know, visitors or the media, that kind of stuff, right? Nextdoor is solely focused on your residents. You know? Hi, and welcome to Ian Weekly, and this is your host Todd DeVoe speaking. And this week we are talking about the social media app Nextdoor. Nextdoor is transforming neighborhoods, I think, in a good way. If you watch my TEDx talk, I mentioned that you need to make a friend. And this is something I teach to people when I'm talking to them about disaster resiliency. And people are more likely to know something about people that are 5,000 miles away and less likely to know about the person who lives just 500 feet from your door. Nextdoor is changing that dynamic to the better. As EMs, it's a great tool to share what you're doing inside of your community. And it's a two-way communication as well. And you get to have some really good dialogue back and forth. And also you get good information about the mood of the community and what they're doing in the case of, say, something like an evacuation. So speaking about technology, don't forget to jump on the EM Weekly Forum for Emerging Technology and Emergency Management. Just like this app, there are lots of things out there that are good for us. Now on to the interview. Well, I'm excited to have uh, Joseph Porcelli here with me from the next door. Joseph, welcome to Ian Weekly. Thanks so much for having me. So everybody, I don't know everybody, but a lot of people probably are familiar with, with the app uh, next door. It's kind of cool. I, I have it. I use it a lot. Get to know about information that's going on in the uh, in your town, in your, in your neighborhood specifically. And it's kind of funny, the other day uh, we had uh, somebody just kind of drove up and dropped off a big rig in our neighborhood, which we don't have big rigs in our neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, he he called his boss and said that he was thinking about killing himself. And he went into the hills behind our house. We have these, I live on these this hillside, mm-hmm. went to the hills and and the helicopters came out, and everybody started looking for him. And they found him the next day, just to let everybody know it, he's he's getting help. He's 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 been found, and he's being taken care of. Thank God. Yeah, you know. But it's cool that the information that was going on that no one knew. Well, when I pulled in, I didn't know what was going on. And I went to the next door app, and and they said this is what happened. It was what's going on, and people went door to door. It was kind of it actually helped in spreading the news and the word about this gentleman who was in crisis. And, and I think it had a lot to do with, with helping him too, because then still everybody reported that he was found via the app as well. That's how we, how we got the news. So it was a really great communication for our neighborhood. Yeah. Th- that's, um, that's, a. Uh, well, first of all, I'm really glad he's okay. Um, and that's not an uncommon story, which is really cool it, with a lot of the emergency managers that I work with. Um, a story that I tell them is um, if your neighbors are already on next door and they can communicate, they can be there for each other during their times of need. And if you're already using our free government interface, 
you can provide information and activate those folks to take actions that help improve, you know, quality of life, safety, resilience, preparedness, all those kinds of things that um, emergency managers care about. So Joseph, tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself first and then about how you got involved with what you're doing. Sure. Um, so I've been organizing in neighborhoods for about 14 years now. It started in my neighborhood in Boston after a series of violent acts and did a little research and turned out the street I lived on wasn't exactly as safe as I thought it was. Being a pretty big guy, people don't mess with me. Um, but it turns out neighbor after neighbor were, were being mugged, walking down the street, coming home from the metro, and none of my neighbors knew each other. Nobody was calling 9-11. And um, it was kind of a perfect environment for crime. And so I wound up reaching out to the Boston Police Department, and they said, you know, pull a community meeting together, give you some flyers, and uh, we'll talk to your neighbors. And so uh, when I went to pick up the flyers, they handed me 50 flyers, and I'm like, I need 500 flyers. I'm like, why would you need 500 flyers? I'm like, you want me to tell my neighbors to come to this meeting? Um, and so they reluctantly printed 500 flyers, but I got 90 people to show up. And I talked to everybody I knew, and they're like, oh, my God, how, all these people are here. And, like, they should be, right? We have a major problem going on. Um, and turned out that I, I was pretty good at community organizing. And over the next couple of years, organized a bunch of social events where my neighbors got to know each other and meet local police officers. And then we started creating um, community service project and social activity clubs, which help people stay together um, over time. And in 2006, there was an article written in the, in the uh, Boston Globe called Mighty Neighborly, um, where um, Tom Sander, who's the executive director of the Seguro Seminar at Harvard, basically credited me for figuring out how to keep people together after the threat is gone. And so my career organizing and using technology sort of started there. Um, I wound up being recruited to the Boston Police Department uh, and worked in the Neighborhood Watch Unit for a number of years where I, t I took my sort of social do-good-for-your-neighbor community-building model and used that for crime prevention. Um, there, use Ning to build a an early prototype of you could consider what is you know now next door helping neighbors connect to each other in the neighborhood and local officers and folks from the mayor's office um, and from there my 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 career sort of blossomed I got hired to do a bunch of um, different campaigns around the country and wound up serving as the first community engagement strategist for Homeland Security running a social network for them which led me to starting a consulting practice with GovDelivery with Scott Burns, um, the CEO of GovDelivery, and Steve Russler, the founder of GovLoop. They had merged. Um, and there, um, one of our largest clients ended up being FEMA, where in, I think it was 2013, uh, or maybe the tail end of 2012, we built community.fema.gov and came up with the concept of the National Preparedness Community. And there, in that experience, I learned a whole lot about sort of the emergency management world and, you know, the federal side of things, the state and the local. Um, and I'm really proud of the work we did, but I was at the same time a little dissatisfied because federal felt a little disconnected from the neighborhood needs and where I felt the impact could be made most, right? So um, at, at the same time, and this is probably now around 20, yeah, end of 2013, um, I was, I had been working on in my free time, a project called snow crew and, um, my friend Ben Berkowitz, who's the CEO of C click fix basically hacked their platform. So you could, instead of requesting a service from the city, you could request help from your neighbors to get shoveled out. And huh. we wound up getting, 
getting like 7,000 volunteers on the East Coast to shovel out their neighbors during storms. And every Christmas, uh, or excuse me, not every Christmas, every winter, I would drive from D.C. to Boston on what I call a snow crusade. And I would go shovel out people who needed help, you know, who requested, tweet, do media interviews, that sort of thing. And I was struck that every single person that I went to shovel out was surrounded by neighbors. Um, but they didn't know the neighbors. They didn't know how to reach out to the neighbors. They didn't feel comfortable doing so. And I realized, you know, I was really, well, it was a cool concept. I was addressing a symptom and not the root problem. Mm -hmm. And um, I had, I'd been keeping my eye on Nextdoor for a number of years. And I finally just gave in and I wrote in and I said, hey, you know, this is who I am. You know, this is the work I've done. And it turned out the co-founder, Sarah Lear, had heard about me. And I soon joined the team and now work on uh, Nextdoor's the team called Nextdoor for Public Agencies, uh, which is a free interface that local emergency managers, uh, police departments, and other types of government can use to communicate with their residents. So I've taken everything I've learned, and I'm taking everything I'm learning now, um, and I try and create, I, well, first of all, I help folks come onto the platform, um, but I, I really enjoy creating playbooks and strategies to help move the needle, whatever that priority or against whatever hazard that the emergency managers are most concerned about now. Now, the cool thing about Nextdoor specifically, and this is just the way I see it, is that, you know, like with Facebook or with um, Twitter or any, any of the other larger ones like this, you, you get messages from everybody in the country, for lack of a better term. You know, right. like you take a look at stuff and like, oh, there's like this big event happening and it's, you know, you mark yourself safe because your friends on the East Coast don't realize that like there's a fire in Northern California. It doesn't mm -hmm. affect you. But the cool part about Nextdoor is it's your neighborhood. I mean, That's right. Yeah, there's 184,000 Nextdoor neighborhoods. About 90% of the U.S. has access to our platform. Um, and every neighborhood is started by a local resident. And everyone who joins actually has to verify that they live in their neighborhood. And they can do that by having a postcard sent to their home or the other most popular ways are our system can call their cell phone or their home phone, and we have an agreement with the um, telephone companies. And basically, if you live there, um, we let you in, and if not, we don't. Um, but basically, it is a hyper-local social network that allows you to connect with the neighbors you otherwise may not cross paths with or have a chance to meet. Right, and so one of the things that I started um, when I was at a local police department was this thing called Neighbor for Neighbor. It's the idea, kind of like taking Neighborhood Watch, putting it up on steroids. And realistically, one of my uh, volunteers kind of came up with this concept of, of doing the neighborhood, the Neighbor for Neighbor portion with, with emergency preparedness, and then we combined it with the, um, with the Neighborhood Watch because what we found was is that in our area, when there's some sort of crime, you get a lot of people coming out to the meetings, but mm -hmm. when the crime went away, people went away, right? And it's you and the, and the court and the, you know, the, the block captain and, and a bunch yeah. of cookies and, and that's about it. But with, with, <laughs> yep. with, the, with, with the idea of putting the, the, the disaster component to it, people were more engaged. So we were able to do a twofold emergency preparedness and, mm -hmm. and, the, uh, and the neighborhood watch type of stuff. This app kind of really made it easier for us to to communicate with all of those people that are that decided to come out and join because they're on the app and we're able to communicate directly with them yeah. um how does somebody in emergency management how do we get a hold of the ability to communicate with each neighborhood let alone you know the entire city or how does that work sure so the first thing you do is go to nextdoor.com forward slash agency 
and that's A-G-E-N-C-Y, and you apply for access. Um, and what we do is we look to verify that the person works for an emergency management agency. Uh, so we do a little research. Sometimes you know, have to make a couple phone calls. Um, but then as soon as we do that, um, we build an account for you, and um, you can immediately start communicating with all Nextdoor members within your jurisdiction. You could target messages into specific neighborhoods. And if you like, you can even give us shape files such as flood zones or uh, other hazard areas that you're concerned about and target messages or geotarget messages just to those residents that live within those geographies. So what's the, what's the advantage of, say, going with, with your app compared to, say, a Nixle? I think the most important thing, and if we look at sort of how we're viewing disasters and emergencies and the messaging coming out that, you know, you're going to, you and your neighbors are going to likely be each other's first responders. I think that what distinguishes Nextdoor uh, is that it is a community building platform primarily. So by encouraging residents to get on Nextdoor and by being a part of it, um, you're essentially helping to encourage uh, resilience through en enabling connection between neighbors that live near each other because then during their times of need they can ask for help and help each other out right so I think that's probably the most important distinction secondly I would say that Nextdoor is growing um, Nextdoor is growing very very quickly across the country and often when I get asked the same question um, and I show an emergency manager how many people are on Nextdoor versus how many people they have signed up for Nixle and then you compare how fast Nextdoor is growing compared to how fast the audience on Nixle is growing um, there is no comparison so uh, I think those are two things that really distinguish the two products um, and what I also hear from emergency managers are that the because the when you communicate on Nextdoor, it's like being in that living room or that community center where you, it's conversational, right? So, you know, the, the emergency manager can start the conversation, put some information out there, people will ask questions, um, and then people will hear each other ask questions and then talk about it. And from some of the research I've read, um, you know, those sort of conversational learnings help people change behaviors, right? And that, that a lot of that behavior chain often leads to people doing some of those protective actions that we care about a lot um, and that we know move the needle to um, help people do what they need to do to prepare themselves, their family, and their neighbors. I, I was just thinking about this. You know, Nextdoor is one of those apps that people use on a daily basis. Some people do on, on, a, on a daily basis. And I think sometimes and also two-way communication, right, where Nixle is just more of a one-way communication. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, so coming back to your neighbors for neighbors story, um, by the way, the group I started in Boston with all my organizing was also called neighbors for neighbors. So we're going to have to talk more about that now that I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And, and your same story is very similar to mine. So now we totally have to talk more about this. Um, but uh, I think um, to answer your specific question is that, you know, in, in my experience, what I learned um, that actually the first network I built on Ning was just for Crime Watch, and it worked okay. Um, and then I built a separate one under Neighbors for Neighbors to help my neighbors talk about all the kinds of things going on in the neighborhood that they wanted to, you know, stay in touch about and to facilitate, you know, their groups so they can meet and do their things. Uh, and that went pretty well too, but it wasn't until we combined them because there's got to be something for everyone. There are people are interested in different things at different points in their life or even in the week, right? So um, because Nextdoor, there's so much utility to it. Um, there's so many different 
resources available to you from babysitters to handymen to, um, you know, you can even like search for houses for sale in your neighborhood. Uh, you get updates from, you know, emergency managers, police officers, folks from, you know, city hall. There's so much there that the value proposition is just much greater, which sort of keeps people's attention, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it, it's valuable that neighbors invite each other to join. So it's, you kind of have to go where people are and people are on next door. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one of those things too, is Nixel is kind of a weird, this is my opinion, no offense to Nixel. It's kind of a weird proposition to ask people to sign up for this push notification um, when there's so much other things that they're already doing that we really do need to go to go where they're at. That's a really good point. Hey, let's just take about uh, 60 seconds here and listen to our sponsors. Seconds count during an emergency. That's why at Titan HST, we connect people with the latest technology possible, whether it's mesh networking, augmented reality, or real-time translation, allowing people who need help to find help immediately. Better matters because lives matter. I know that choosing what conference to attend can be hard. There's so many of them out there, right? Well, I think that if you miss the EMLC, that's the Emergency Management Leaders Conference, you're going to uh, just kind of be a tad bummed out. This event is great because it's only two days. It's May 29th and the 30th. It's in one room and you have access to the speakers and to the special guest and it's second to none. You know, it, it's one of those things where you get to actually engage with people and it's small enough to where you can't really hide. So join me at the EMLC, the Emergency Management Leaders Conference in Phoenix, Arizona on May 29th and 30th. So for more details, go to emlc.us and register today. Hey, welcome back from listening to the sponsors really quick. Without them, we couldn't do what we're doing here. So please reach out to them. Tell them that Ian Weekly sent you. Now back to the interview. No offense to Nixel. It's kind of a weird proposition to ask people to sign up for this push notification um, when there's so much other things that they're already doing that we really do need to go to go where they're at. That's a really good point. Yeah. You know, I think Nixel is sort of like a 10 years ago, it was you know, innovative and it was really helping departments reach folks in a way that they couldn't before. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, um, there was value to that. And at one point I was even signed up for, uh, Nixel alerts, but I, I think today there's a different expectation. Um, and also, uh, you know, this, this reminds me of one other thing is that communications on Nextdoor come from individuals, right? They're not from institutions. Um, and there's a value of relationship between the emergency manager and the resident. So, you know, if I'm the emergency manager, it would, it would come from me. It would have my picture likely. Um, and people get to know me as a human being. And if I consistently communicate and I consistently ask questions, the person on the other side starts to feel like I care about them, right? Because I do. Um, that's why I'm in this field. And so the, the listening changes a little bit. Um, and there's, I, I think a lot more can get done because the relationships are actually developed, right? It's not so much of a, a transactional communication, but over time, um, you know, there's great information, um, but over time relationships build and people start to trust each other. And I think it, you know, there's that a couple studies from years ago about, you know, trust in government, all that kind of thing. Right. I think that next door is just, it's more personal and feels more intimate. And the, I think because of that, the possibilities of, you know, are, are just much greater. 
Well, there's two things on that. Well, one is, is that if you have any sort of social media outreach that you're doing with your department or your agency right mm -hmm. now, you have to add Nextdoor to it because people are there and people are talking about it. And, and if you want to, for lack of a better term, help with rumor control, that's a place where you need to be because neighbors are already talking to each other on that. And back to that story with the guy who parked his big rig in our neighborhood, you know, there was, hey, you know, here, I heard this, I heard that this is not true. That's true. You know, um, here's some official information that people are sharing, you know, so, so that was really important for Brea police department to get in front of this and, and to be on there as well, telling what's talking about what's going on because it stops the rumors from occurring. That's um, exactly right. Right. And then the second part of that is, is that you, again, you need to be where the people are. Right. And so if you're already giving information via Twitter, via Facebook, via Instagram, you, you should just add, this as part of your as part of your um, your workflow, correct? I agree. And, and let me share a couple insights too that um, other emergency managers have told me they found helpful. So Facebook allows you to reach you know people from all over the world, um, and so does Twitter. And Twitter, I see, is kind of like people use it as a, a emergency managers use it a lot to communicate with you know visitors or the media that kind of stuff, right? Nextdoor is solely focused on your residents, you know, that live in your jurisdiction in the neighborhoods. Um, the other thing to distinguish is that we don't have algorithms that limit the reach of posts by agencies. So you don't have to pay to play. So if you have 10,000 people following you on Facebook and you look at the average engagement rate, which I think is between like, I don't know, two and 4% or 5% or something like that, you know, you're, you're only reaching a subset. And if you're trying to target a message into a specific area where something's going on, you're talking about a handful of folks where on Nextdoor, you know, you can reach hundreds and depending on the size of your city, maybe even thousands. So it, it's, it's one of those things where you have to look at your return on communication. And it, I think it really starts with what are my, what are the objectives in my communication? What am I trying to accomplish? And how does that align with the business outcomes I'm responsible for? Right. And so often the answer is, you know, we want to increase resilience. Great. And since we know resilience happens between neighbors at the neighborhood level, those neighbors need to be informed and they also need to be activated. And what I mean by activated is changing behaviors or doing something more to prepare. Um, an example of this is we recently started working with the Maryland Insurance Administration and they wanted to move the needle around the insurance gap. And so uh, we designed a series of communications together, um, and they started, you know, just put, posting out some general information, um, and as we started seeing people respond, it became very clear that there was a lot of confusion about, you know, how things, you know, work and don't work, and, and particularly around flood coverage for homeowners insurance. So, in fact, we designed a poll, um, which is a very powerful feature that Nextdoor has done a very good job of it's, the design is very simple. People understand it. You know, it only takes a couple seconds to participate in. Um, but basically, they asked, did you know that most, ho most homeowners insurance um, plans don't cover flooding? And it turned out that 18% of people who responded on Nextdoor did not know that. And so following that, a series of other communications tip just around flood insurance were shared. So it's kind of a participatory, sort of community-driven preparedness conversation. So in, instead of something being really simple, it was very digestible and it was very 
to the point about something that people could wrap their heads around and then take an action around. So after some education, uh, another poll was put out about what do you do if, if you're when the next time you see, you know, your insurance declaration page, I think is what it's called. You know, what are you going to do? You could see that people were thinking about it a little differently, which is really cool. Another example of this is uh, in Will County, Illinois, Allison Anderson, who's the deputy director there, um, posted a series of polls just asking very specific questions about preparedness. Like, you know, do you know another way out of your neighborhood? Do you have enough battery power to power, you know, your devices and metal equipment for three days? Um, you know, the, the kinds of things that are conceptually understandable. Um, and at the end, she did another poll over the course of, I should say, September. Her last poll was, do you feel, um, as a result of our proposed, you feel more prepared? And 79% of people said they did. Mm-hmm. So that that's some really cool evidence. And I, I can, I'll, I'll send some of this to you so you can see it. It's, I guess it makes me feel proud that I feel like we're making a lot of progress and we're moving the needle. And so what we do at Nextdoor is as we learn about things that work, um, we share it with every single one of our partners around the country. And there's 3,300 government agencies using Nextdoor for public agencies. Um, and again, you can sign up at nextdoor.com forward slash agency to get your agency access. And by the way, I should mention it's free. I, I forgot to say that earlier. So <laughs> free is always good. Is always free good. is good. <laughs> so not only do you get the tool, but we invest a lot of time and resources um, developing playbooks. In fact, I've just polished, well, I didn't polish my colleague polished, but I finished writing a uh, engagement plan for emergency managers. And I'll send you a link to that to share with folks and maybe you can put it. Um, somewhere where folks can find it and I'll tweet it out, but it's basically got, um, it's a result of like a year and a half of work um, around polls that different partners have contributed to that any agency can just use and start moving the needle. And I I think that's another thing that really distinguishes us from other platforms is, you know, there's myself, my colleague Robbie and my colleague Alexa, who are all sort of forward facing, who are more than happy to work with our partners to help, help learn about what their, you know, objectives and outcomes are and um, create resources to help them be successful. So you get a platform, you get best practices and playbooks and you get us too. Oh, that's great. You know, I mean like other social uh, media platforms, you're kind of on your own. You sort of just try to figure it out on yourself and what you do is you find the youngest person in your department that knows how to do uh, social media and say, you're now the social media manager, you know, I don't know if that's the best strategy or not, but that seems to be what happens. It seems <laughs> to be what happens, and I'll leave my comments there. <laughs> so um, I do have another question regarding um, – Actually, can, can I just make one point with that? Sure, sure. And I just want to demystify social media. Social media is like sitting in a living room with a heck of a lot more people there. Um, you kind of don't do too much different. Now, there are different sort of strategies and cultures of each of the platforms, um, but I find some of the, some of the executives of emergency managers who use the platform, um, like Joy from the Maryland, uh, insurance administration and Allison from Will County, you know, who are high up are in really great positions to be authors on Nextdoor because they have so much knowledge, right? The, if you can send an email, you can use Nextdoor for public agencies, right? Mm-hmm. And if sure. you can participate in a community meeting and ask questions, you can also use Nextdoor for public agencies. So I feel like we've made social media or, you know, people's perceptions of even using Nextdoor much scarier than it, than it needs to be. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I, I think, uh, you, you know, take a look at the social media today and it is not as, as daunting as, uh, as people make it out to be for sure. 
Mm -hmm. um, but uh, another question regarding the, the process with the app. Can I, as, a, as an emergency manager, can I choose what neighborhood I am broadcasting to or do I broadcast to everybody when I post? You choose every single time. So you can choose which neighborhood or which service area. So let's say, um, you know, like in Norfolk, Virginia, they have their flood area shapefiles imported into the account. So they can just talk to everybody who lives in a flood zone, right? Uh, in fact, Steve Pyle did a, uh, a poll a year and a half ago asking folks, did you know you live in a flood zone? Right. And then did a series of, of, of communications around, you know, did you know that you can get flood insurance? And then all the neighbors responded and talked to that. And I think people who maybe didn't have flood insurance probably got some after that, which is really cool. Um, so again, to answer your question, you can pick and choose which neighborhoods you post into. You can pick and choose which service areas you post into. You have to give those to us. Um, those have to be, need to be given to us first. And then you can also communicate to the entire jurisdiction. And you can choose between posting a regular message, uh, a poll, uh, an event, or an urgent alert. And an urgent alert um, sends a push notification on the app, a text message signed up to, ev to everyone who signed up for a text message, and an immediate email to all members as well. So that's what I call the hammer. Something, life is threatened, push out an urgent alert. That's actually great that you can, can push out urgent alert to each neighborhood because then you're really talking to the people who you need to talk to and, and yep. you can communicate both ways. Kind of back to where I was going before when I was talking about, you know, giving the youngsters the, uh, uh, the social media job. Is there support for people to, when we start, emergency managers start using Nextdoor, is yep. there a person we could talk to to help us through the process? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's myself, and I manage the east and central. There's Robbie, who manages the west and south, and Alexa, who manages um, California. Um, and if we have capacity to help, we will. If anyone needs help, they can email agency support at nextdoor.com. And again, to get started, just go to nextdoor.com forward slash agency. And everybody, we're going to have all those links um, on the show notes. And so you can, don't worry about that. If you're driving down the road and your pencil's not sharp right now, we're, we're going to make sure all those links are there. All right. So Joseph's coming down to the, uh, to the harder questions of the day. Well, one is we talked about that, how to get in, in contact with you. But if somebody wanted to get in contact with you specifically, how could they find you? Sure, they can find me on Twitter at, at Joseph Porcelli, and my email is joseph at nextdoor.com, and you can also text me at 857-222-4420, but not if you're a spammer. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so here's the hardest question of the day. What book, books, or publication do you recommend to somebody who is in emergency management? Oh, God. Um, well... You know, I just got a book that my friend authored and that I'm super excited about it, but it's not emergency management. Um, let's see. Well, first of all, I follow you. You've got awesome information, and so I really appreciate that. That's Actually, you're probably one of the sources I pay attention to and is like just a part of my regular consumption, so I'm going to recommend you. I'm going to do a self-plug here, too. If you're an emergency manager... Um, I love following the hashtag EMG Twitter. I think that's really helpful as well. Um, and then, oh, my friend's book. So it's How to Live in Detroit Without Being a Jackass. And <laughs> you know, I'm, I was really like, well, maybe I shouldn't say that on the podcast. No, that's good. Um, but I really like it because it honors the community. And the reason I, I was thinking about this earlier 
is that you do, as an emergency manager, you really need to honor your community, right? Like you have, there's something about respect and dignity of sort of where people are in, in their lives, in their days, like especially if we get into like things like evacuations, right? Like I know that's sort of a hot topic. You know, some people can't afford to evacuate. Some people are afraid to evacuate. Some people don't, you know, like are barely hanging on by the, by strings to even survive day to day. I like this book because I think it, not only is it, I, I mean, Detroit's a great city. I love Detroit. I, I, it's one of my favorite places to visit. But there's, there's a tone of respect and dignity to it that I feel, like even though it's not directly related to emergency management, anybody that's working and serving a community could probably benefit from reading this book. And uh, who's the author of the book? Uh, it's Aaron Foley. And um, by day, Aaron is actually the chief storyteller for the city of Detroit. That's great. You know what? I mean, I'm always looking for the interesting book like that. And it's, it's like I tell people, it's never just about, you know, the cool emergency management book, right? If that exists. But it, it, it's about like, you're right. It's about community. It's about leadership. It's about being able to, to go out there and, and do better work and how to better yourself. So I think a book like this is, is a really great recommendation for our audience. And I, and, and I do appreciate it. So, all right. So, Joseph, we're coming here to the end. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say directly to the emergency manager before we let you go? Yeah, I just want to say thanks. I mean, it's been a, you know, as we look at the number of disasters, the frequency of those disasters, and uh, the increasingly intensity of the impact, folks are working really, really hard out there. And some of the, a lot of the folks I know that have become friends are tired. And it's, it's really hard work, and I feel like people don't say thanks enough. So I just want to – I'm going to use this opportunity to say thanks for all you guys are doing. And, um, everyone at Nextdoor, everyone on our team, and the whole company really appreciates you. And um, we feel very honored and humbled that we get to help you um, move your missions forward. So thanks for that. Well, Joseph, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing uh, the, the power of Nextdoor for emergency managers. And I'd like to have you on the show again sometime. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me, Todd.